I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Tuesday. Steelers win on Monday Night Football, but that's what they do. Those, <laughs> those Steelers don't cover, though. Don't cover. We got to cover with the Bears. Justin Fields looked pretty good. Is the narrative turning on him? Browns with a COVID scare. Vegas yawns. No line move in the Browns game. College basketball. Yes, tips tonight. Two big ones. Madison Square Garden. Kansas favored by four and a half against Michigan State. Duke by three over Kentucky. Here comes a four hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, the aftermath of Monday Night Football, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. A.J. Hoffman in studio. Oh, he is misguided <laughs> when it comes to this taunting. I mean, listen, he was weaned on typical local radio sports talk. He's got it in his blood. And you know what? A little dose of that now and again, the best of that, not so bad, especially when you can have, well, let's just say me bringing the pure, analytical, dispassionate, logical side to the insane arguments of the talk radio intelligent. It wouldn't even be intelligentsia. What would it be? The, the... Nonsensigence. I wouldn't say ver, ver. <laughs> yes, something without intelligent in the word is probably the key. Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their bodies. Now, he is the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thank you, R.J. Great to be here on a day where controversy clouds a Monday night football win for Pittsburgh. College basketball. I, I see no controversy. Of course you don't. College basketball is tipped off and... The second iteration of the college football playoff standings come out today. What is the Vegas lead? Now, I know that math isn't your friend. You, you have, a, I, I think, a volatile relationship with math. Uh, it's adversarial, I'd say. You just don't. I mean, let's be honest. You didn't love math classes in high school. I didn't love math classes, but I typically excelled at math classes. Yeah, but you, there's something about you that wants to reject. You're a smart guy. You just reject logic. Maybe it's because you like to have your own opinion, because two plus two equals four. Math is not an opinion based. Exactly, business. and and I and people like it when they can have their opinion explain away. And you know who else is like that? Is despots. Those who rule countries with iron fists and force, they like to have their reality be the reality. You're saying Genghis Khan hated algebra. Yeah, and Stalin, <laughs> Hitler, Mussolini. I think that crowd, okay. they never liked two plus two equals four. Gotcha. And neither do you. It's fair. I'm not saying that's necessarily any other connection. <laughs> so Thank let's, you. Let's get to it. But let me say one math thing that you may reject. There was not a single moment in that Steelers game last night, not one second, in which the Steelers weren't favored to win the game. Even when they went down, they were favored to win the game. Over a 50% chance every second of the game. 
So w- the controversy was what? Were the Bears going to lose by a little bit or lose by a lot, it feels like? Now, they could have lost. right? When someone's 55%, that means there's 45 on the other side. But Pittsburgh controlled that game and had a moment that they lost control but they still were 50, over 50%. I do agree with that. So, where's the controversy? That said, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers 29, Chicago Bears 27. The Bears cover all numbers, uh, but do not get the win, obviously. I think that while, yes, I feel like the, the right team probably won in the end. What's the headline here, buddy? That the officials are injecting themselves into games in moments where it, it is making... It's making decisions on who wins the game. It's not. Well, that's what officials are supposed no, to do. No, that's not what they're if supposed to do. If someone does something that's wrong, if they yes. break the rule, the officials are supposed to call it. Yes. Thus, if you don't like the rule, you know the old saying, if you don't like the law, change the law. I'm not sure how the official. Now, first off, are you the type of guy that says the following? Um, yeah, I know that was a penalty. I know that was a, a charge, but they shouldn't call it there. No. All right, so you think that a game should be called fairly yes. from beginning to end? Because otherwise, and I'm happy you think that way, otherwise it's irrational to think, okay, ref, make the call, but also calculate the significance of this call in the scheme of the game. So when you say, oh, they're affecting the game, that's what they're supposed to do. I'll, I'll say the one instance where... Oh, you had me oh, yes, one. So I'll see if you disagree Go with ahead. this. When there's a Hail Mary, a 60-yard Hail Mary throw in the end zone, you could probably call a P.I. every time. Well, then, then you know what? They should be, the defense should be teaching that differently then. Because what they're taught is uh, uh, do, um, commit a pass interference because they're not going to call it. So that means let's just start calling, like make it a point of emphasis, as they say, entering a year, not a okay. week, and say, we're done with that. We're going to have it because that's an exciting play. It is. Do we really want to see them kind of like tackled before the ball gets there? But that's what this league does. They evolve to the way games are being called, the way the opponent's playing. To me, something we'll talk about in the next segment, and I think it's one of the most exciting things I've seen in years for the NFL is how the little nerdy, hey, I've got my abacus out, ah, 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 those types who were talking about, you don't shouldn't run the ball. You should try to entice the, pa- the, the run, entice the run on defense. All of a sudden now, it's like, well, wait a minute. The rest of the league's kind of changed, and the Bills are struggling with that mentality. The Chiefs are struggling. Oh, the two AFC teams that made the, fi- the conference finals last year and, oh, look, the guy that won the Super Bowl and the team that won the Super Bowl, old school Tampa Bay, playing some defense, running the ball in first down. Every freaking week last year, I heard him say, yeah, the Bucks won, but I, they have inefficiency on first down. They should be throwing more on first. It's like these people have never even probably seen a football field in real life. And I listen, I do believe, I, I, listen, I played high school football. I never even sniffed Division Three. So what I'm saying is I'm not a football player. I can appreciate the fact football players know things I don't. I love a good, articulate football player that will talk about what's happening in the trenches. I'm not saying that you can't have comment if you don't have a history of a player, but you better appreciate the players. There's nothing that got me more riled up this off se- or this season. It was about week three. I was listening to a podcast. I give this site a lot of love, so I'll say it was the ringer. They had like three guys in their 20s talking. And they were critiquing Belichick. <laughs> Three dorks in their 20s critiquing Belichick. 
saying, yeah, you know, he punted there, but I, you know, I accept that. I'm not going to blame. It's like, really? I think you've got to have some. Thanks for your permission. You've got to have some self awareness that if you think you're in a position to critique Belichick about football, you better be a freaking Nobel Prize winner. And then maybe if you didn't play, you could figure it out. Ugh. But anyway, I love that it's reversing itself, where now the math guys don't know what to do, right? Because they say, well, wait a minute, it's not what now everyone's adjusted to the math. And now what? Because Mahomes is broken is a narrative that I'm not sure is wrong at this point. And the irony is, Mahomes was the one quarterback this year I thought we could be sure of would play well. And that everyone else, Josh Allen included, was a question mark. Yep. And you know what? Maybe everyone should have been, except Tom Brady. He's the one you think there should be questions because he's... Because he's 80. He's almost 80. Yeah. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. All right, let's get to... The taunting. We debated this passionately before the show, and you know what? I'm happy because we can spare them, the listeners, all of the iterations. I'm going to give you 28 seconds to make your case. Taunting by the NFL rulebook is using baiting or taunting acts or words that. So taunting may... is using taunting acts. Yes, that's your lead. Uh, I'm re- I'm just reading the rule okay, by, the, it by seems the letter. Pretty self-evident. I right? thought this was my 28 seconds. I got it. That may <laughs> engender ill will between teams. The referee last night decided that a player walking and looking at other players was taunting. Oh, he was looking at the sidelines. Looking at other players on the sidelines. Well, I see. Here's the question. What intent could there be to be walking to the other sideline? He didn't walk to the other sideline. No, he walked towards the Steelers' sidelines looking at him. How far, I mean, how far did he get? I don't know, six or eight steps? What could he, is he, is he doing aerobics and he's trying to circumnavigate the stadium? He could have been waiting to get on the punt if you team. Start saying, if you start saying it could have been. You're to, saying, you're projecting what he's doing yourself right now. I'm saying there's, no, 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 projecting. I'm saying there's no rational reason to walk in the opposite direction of where you're going unless you have intention. He's not necessarily going to the sideline. What, where's he going? To line up for the punt. So he's lining up for the punt. He knows he's on punt team without his special teams guy telling him? They, they rotate punt teams all the time. I've never seen a guy. Have you ever seen a guy on a field in the NFL make a play, then walk to the opposite side of the field to wait for the next play to then cover punts? I don't know because I've never when paid you say attention I don't know, to it. I mean, I, you did for a while before you had it repealed, have an NFL press pass. Is that correct? I did. Houston? <laughs> You've been at games on the sidelines. Yes. On the sidelines. Yes. Have you ever seen that? I don't know. All right. So that sounds like the guy. The, the, that sounds like the mob guy on the stand saying, "Have you ever shot anyone?" <laughs> I don't know. I don't. What do you mean by shot? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> that was not impressive. Okay. So far. So you, tell you tell me now I, in 28 can, seconds how walking and looking is now a penalty in the NFL. First off, I said I'd give you 28 seconds. I didn't tell you what to answer. Now I get 28 seconds. Okay. And as the host, I get 38 seconds. Fair. <laughs> I'm just going to be silent for 10 just to taunt. <laughs> Here's the thing. I said this in the pre-production, and AJ's answer is going to slam dunk the conversation. It was not a bad call. It was taunting. And I asked him the following. If the player had made the play... Now, let's not forget, after the play, he did a Mr. Miyagi roundhouse kick. Not How, taunting. Not taunting. So obviously they're trying to follow the letter of the rule because that roundhouse kick, which to me is insane that that's legal. Imagine if he hit someone in the head. That now that would be a penalty. Yeah, would it? Be? <laughs> he'd say I, it was. He'd say oh, I didn't mean to. No intent. 
But hold on a second. He did the roundhouse kick. And then I said, after that, if he sprinted at full speed to the Steelers' sideline, stopped a second, almost like the roadrunner not going off the cliff, and stopped, and then lifted his hand to the sky like Thor or something, and gave out a wild scream, and then ran back to his sidelines, would that be taunting? And AJ, your answer was? No. Not by the rule. Case closed. <laughs> Control room, is there any debate about the whitewashing here? I think you made your point, RJ. No debate. So yeah. can you can you specify <laughs> the taunting act or words that were exchanged? Yeah. When you for no rational reason, after making a good play, walk to the other sidelines with a how do you like me now uh gate. <laughs> G-A-I-T. Now we are judging the way a guy walks That's, as well, yeah. I mean, you ever see one like uh let's think about this a second. You ever see Fred G. Sanford on Sanford and Sons yes. when he's got certain walk? That you was ever... not how he walked. No, no, no. I'm just saying that walk <laughs> gives you a little bit of an idea, right? It's funny. The criminals, and I'm not saying you're a criminal. I think former criminal would be fair, right? Fair. <laughs> okay. I mean, not like you ever, you were, you were a uh, kind of guy that should have went to maybe like Boys Town. Probably. You know, you didn't. You went to the service at 17 instead. Yeah. All right. That was I've like had you, my run in. That though. was you like getting kind of, th- I mean, you know, I don't know what judges, uh, what was the judge's advice about you better go to the service if you don't want to, you know, was there a judge involved with you going to the service? No. Okay. Just implicitly. There was a judge involved with me before I went to the service. <laughs> exactly. So I think guys like this with this kind of history, and I'm not casting aspersions. They like it when they can say, "Is there? Um, can I somehow dispute this? Could I say, hey, I didn't mean to have a gun, or bullets aren't, you know, a gun without bullets? What's that mean? Like, there's always this kind of spiel. The guy taunted, and I'm going to give you a chance, final thing here, to let the nation know you're saying that you know he was taunting. He was not taunting. He walked and looked. <laughs> That's what taunting is. No, taunting is getting in a guy's face, flexing on him 40 feet away. 40 feet away. I do find this to be interesting. The NFL is so worried about violence, the sense of you know concussions, and is their game barbaric? They're worried about the appearance of like gang fighting, of... Um, street kind of stuff. And taunting feels to middle America like, man, that those are they're not sportsmanlike. This isn't a sport. And to me, I think the NFL is emphasizing this not because they want to be a no-fun league. They don't want to connect the vi- – and let's be candid. With these alpha males, if you taunt them, they are gonna, there's going to be retribution. There's going to be a response to that. On Get Up this morning, they were talking about it being, you know, most of the players thought it was taunting. I mean, they could be wrong, those NFL players. But they thought it was taunting, but they said, you know what every Steeler was thinking? Well, I got something to give you next chance I get to that, you know, the player. Now, that's what the NFL wants to avoid. Because if the Steelers are looking for retribution, and then what happens then? There's retribution for retribution, and it never stops. If someone hurts someone on purpose, they're going to get retribution. But they don't want it to be that this taunting leads to more violence on the field. The problem is there were multiple calls last night where Justin Fields got hit late, got hit like he wasn't a quarterback, no flags thrown. 
and then they Do you decide, think the referees were biased to the Steelers? I think the referees, I, I think the referees they had a bad game. They the Steelers to win? No, I think the referees had a bad game. So you're making my point. There's going to be inevitable times, there's late hits or something the refs don't see. There's going to be inevitable retribution for that, where the other team wants to get even. You've got to diminish the amount of things that's going to lead to retribution, and taunting's one of them that they can get rid of. I agree. All right. See, even you will be saying if you if I mean, it might take us 16 minutes, but we'll get there. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about Justin Fields and specifically, is he got any better chance to be a great or good NFL quarterback than we thought beginning of the year? What's been his progress from his first game till now? All that and more coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government runs a business. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to take a look at Justin Fields and how our perception of him has or hasn't changed since the season got started. Steelers at home, Monday Night Football, since 1989, 20 and 2. That's good. That's unbelievable. That's over 50% easy. <laughs> ATS record 14 and 8. Now, if we look at the Tomlin years, the Tomlin years, 17 and 4. 17 and 4 straight up. Now, wait a Okay. The math so, doesn't so hold add on up a second. Here. Hold on a second. I'm just going to figure this out now. So, 20 and 2 from 89 at home, but up above is on Monday Night Football with no regard for home or away. That's why. Okay, okay. 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 Is that right, McKenzie? That's yes. Maybe when it's not logical like that, you should say home or away. 17 and 4. That listen, let's give Tomlin credit. A couple years ago, I was not in love with Tomlin as a Steelers fan. That's the one team in all the leagues I still really root for. I felt like he was the Titan. No matter what happened, he was gonna act like it wasn't a big deal. And be like, we got to stay the course. We got, you know, it's like George H.W. Bush and a thousand points in light. At a certain point, you got to say something more than a thousand points of light or stay the course. Like, I like people who stay the course, but you got to admit when it's tough to stay the course, right? In a weird way, you got to admit, listen, we know staying the course is the right answer, but man, I get why some of you might want to change the course, right? Now, Tomlin never did that. He's evolved. And what's funny is, in my opinion, from a distance, what's funny is it was that Duck Hodges year. And, you know, Duck Hodges hardly started that year, but everyone likes to say Duck Hodges. It's a fun name to say. It was Rudolph that started most of those games. And Rudolph is a funny name, too. It is. So, I mean, you got to have a funny name to be funnier than a guy, a quarterback named Rudolph. So, I mean, okay. <laughs> the Duck Hodges year, he got them to be 500. And it was like, how did he do that? And I think that it really, Tomlin's Hall of Fame career, which it is now, I think, I'm not sure. If he would have went 3-13 and 13 that year, I don't know what would have happened to Tomlin. And you know what? It was rational that he would have went 3-13 and 13 that year. And I'll never forget this as a Steelers fan, but it gives us insight here. I'll never forget that when Pittsburgh lost Big Ben in game number two of that year, and that would have been in 19, it was the perfect time to say, you know what, boys, let's play our young players and 
And it's Big Ben, maybe he's going to come back, maybe he's not. But if he does, we'll have a quarterback because we're going to be a top five, top seven pick. We're going to have a one down, down, down year. Not that they're going to try, but it was like, and what did they do the week after they lost Big Ben? They traded their first round pick for next year, something the Steelers hadn't done in like 50 years. For Minka Fitzpatrick, which ended up being a smart move. It's a good player. But the guts it took to say this pick could be like the it could be the first pick in the draft. Could have been at that point, yeah. It could have been the first pick in the draft. And for now the question is, was it a smart move? Because Fitzpatrick has exceeded all expectations. Oh, I mean, he's better than we thought he could have been. And we got him at the beginning of his second year. That's the thing people don't forget. They there was five years of cost or four years of cost control left. He was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. So it's exce- but now what happens when Big Ben's gone next year? Mason Rudolph isn't going to be the answer. Trade for Mike White. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but what, trying to be serious for a minute, it's like was it a good decision? That's the question because it went about as well as it could have. The Steelers going 8 and 8 was about as good as it could have been. And Fitzpatrick succeeded all expectations, and it still maybe wasn't a good move. But they also haven't addressed it with any other way. They've had other chances to use a draft pick on a quarterback. <sighs> yeah, but listen, they've had like 19 dra- – since Big Ben's been there, I think they've drafted 19 quarterbacks. None of them are any good. Landry Jones was one of them. I, I still have PTSD from Landry Jones. <laughs> like trying to find a way to rationalize that he was any good. It, it was it twisted my mind up into knots, and it, it, it never worked. Landry from Friday Night Lights was better than Landry Jones. You know something? I actually remember when Sorensen was thrown with a tire and Landry used to throw it back. Now that you say that, yes. And I think there was a fake punt once when he was, oh, he was field goal kicking, not punting. Yeah. All right, we are the fastest. I mean, <laughs> somehow AJ, we are. AJ somehow has made it where I, I'm ashamed to say this, but the fastest growing show of Fox Sports Radio audiences doubled in the last year plus. It's not because of AJ in that comment, it's because of you. Thank you so much and keep supporting us and we'll keep supporting you. The best we can, and I've got massive talent, so that means a lot, a lot of support. <laughs> you can listen on the iHeartRadio app here in Vegas on the Strip, 74 degrees, and the neon is chugging. All right, RJ, Justin Fields, 90.5 PFF grade in last night's game, the second highest of Week Nine. Where is your perception of Justin Fields now compared to the start of the season? You know something, I got one more comment on the taunting, Mr. Mike Tomlin, future Hall of Famer. I'm going to read a quote. This game being played at the highest level. Now, as a Houston Texans fan, AJ, I'm not a Houston Texans fan. Don't do that to me. You don't understand that necessarily. I mean, maybe when Earl Campbell was there, but that was a different franchise, and they couldn't beat the Steelers either. Bum Phillips. Yeah. Okay. We understand, it's back to the quote, the people who play at the lower level, like you, AJ, watch us and often mimic the things we do and how we conduct ourselves. And just largely as a league competition committee specifically, there was a desire to improve in that area. That's been expressed to our guys. Makes a lot of sense, right? Do you want the kids walking. taunting, like like doing like profane gestures and such, <laughs> like walking and looking at people? We can't have any more of that. It's got to stop. Well, apparently, do you rushing to the sidelines and doing the Thor to the sky would have been okay? That would have been okay. <laughs> All right. Justin Fields. Here's the question that I have about Justin Fields. And the point I want to make here is this. Evaluating quarterbacks in the NFL is so hard. 
specifically pre-draft. Because I'm going to make the case that even after a half an NFL season, it's difficult. So let's look at the rookie quarterbacks. And I'm not going to ask you the following question. I'm not going to say, are they a sure bust or are they a sure future or sure top 10 quarterback? Because none of them are. None of them are. I agree with all that. Even Trey Lance isn't a bust yet. I mean, he's the closest, I'd say, but not a bust yet. He's got the clearest path to bust. <laughs> well, he, he, let's just say he's lived a bust so far. He's got to change it. Now, what I'm saying is, can you say there's an appreciable difference in the chance of this player succeeding than what you thought the chance was pre the first game of the year? Okay. If I would have said, what's the chance of Justin Fields succeeding the, before the first game and now? Do you think there's an appreciable difference? I don't think there's really any difference. I think he's about what I thought he would be to this point. Okay. I would make the following case. I was a skeptic on him, and I'm slightly moved to neutral. Okay. I think we've seen that his physicality holds up, that his physical edge, that he's the best athlete on the field, not always, but often. T.J. Watt, probably better athlete. Yes. He's a monster. I mean, he's a different breed. But there's you know, 10, 15 of those guys in the league at any position. I mean, and oftentimes, you know, half of them are going to be on defense, half on offense. Justin Fields is probably going to be the best athlete on the field more than half the time. I wasn't sure of that before. You just can't tell that in college, right? Because it's all relative to the competition. But you might say, well, if it's SEC or Big Ten, you can tell. I don't know. Right? We thought Tua was going to be an athletic quarterback. That was the assumption. He's not. Tua looks like he's a deficient athletically out there. You don't know till you get on the field. I would say a slight uptick, but boy, I'm telling you, I was a skeptic, so I say it's about neutral. Okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Now, the thing to remember about Lawrence is he had higher expect. He was a can't-miss prospect, quote-unquote. I think he's played better than the average rookies. I'd say he's probably played second best behind Mac Jones. Would you agree with that? I agree with that completely. But I think considering that Trevor Lawrence entered with the highest expectations, I don't think he's, his chance of succeeding has gone up. If I could almost make the case he hasn't succeeded, but I'm going to call it neutral. I was going to say, I, I think for me, I give Trevor Lawrence a bit of a downgrade. Because you were one of the— I was high. Ah! I Trevor wasn't Lawrence. quite that, but I was higher on him than you. I think you were lower than well, most of the I, I, market. I, first off, I was lower, lower than almost anybody. And I would say for you, neutral is yeah, probably It's fair. probably gone up a little bit because I see him. Here's the thing. Trevor Lawrence is making some really tough throws. They're not working yet, but he's got the guts to make the throw. And to me, that's the catch-22. A guy that checks down, checks down, checks down might look better early. But you don't know if he can do what he needs to do to succeed. Trevor Lawrence hasn't done it yet, but at least he's willing to try. The game isn't too fast for Trevor Lawrence. Like uh, it feels like he has got, the guts to do it and the physicality to do it. Yeah, I agree. So now will he be able to execute? That's, because Jay Cutler always had the guts. <laughs> Jeff George, you know the big arm. Jay Cutler had too much guts. Yeah, maybe or too. Maybe he didn't care. Right? Yeah. If you're too, if you don't know to care, you're, you're not scared. If you're going off and smoking a cigarette after you throw an interception, you don't care enough. Is that Ken Stabler you're talking about? I think that's Jay Cutler up top. Uh, all right. Now, let's continue. I mean, Trey, uh, Trey Lance incomplete. Totally incomplete. I mean, I mean, I think the fact that he's not on the field. Is a statement. Yeah. you got to downgrade his chances. I would say yes. Drastically. Because the team, listen, we know that cousin Kyle Shanahan doesn't like, he hates Jimmy G. Yeah. 
He, you can tell he really started to disdain. Him. I mean, he gave up multiple drafts to get rid of Jimmy G. I and mean, still can still can't still, get him. On he's the on field. his hip, right? So the fact that Trey Lance isn't on the field means he can't. He's not even close to being on the field. Agree. So downgrade, but it's not because of anything we've seen. Right? It's because he's not it's able to get out there. Seen. Right. I think Wilson is clearly a downgrade. I think he's the, the easiest decision to make. Now, I still think his chances probably were 60% as a number two pick, 40% now. So it's a big downgrade, but he still has about the same chance as, let's say, Mac Jones did coming in the year, which I think is the 15th pick was about 40%. And I think that's been an upgrade. I think that's probably fair. So what we're saying here is how hard is it to – Evaluate these guys before seeing an NFL snap, before having a offseason of practice, where we can have an entire half season and we still have hardly changed anyone. Yeah. Right? Daniel Jones, we don't know yet. Now we're starting to think no. But you know what? Before he got a concussion, we were starting to think yes, weren't we? Yeah. So it's like he's right on the border and we're two plus years in. Josh Allen. Before his third year was kind of leaning no, the league now it went, went way yes, and then I very, very presciently said, "Not so fast, AJ." You didn't believe me though. I didn't. Are you starting to have yeah. doubts about Josh Allen? Oh yeah, especially when he plays Josh Allen. Yes. <laughs> All right. When we come back, so I think that's a pretty compelling point. You said before before the show started, Patrick Mahomes, who we thought was the biggest slam dunk ever coming into the season. You can you can realistically make questions about him now that aren't insane. You could say, is this guy for sure the best quarterback in the league? I don't think there's a, a solid answer to that right now. Mahomes? Yeah. I think, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my answer to, is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the league? First, though. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Question, query, why is it that Aaron Rodgers sounds like he had been, he came out of the house Monday morning when you were supposed to go on a trip with him and he says, man, I haven't slept since Friday and I just can't go. Why does he sound like he's the guy that hasn't slept the entire week? Because I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. What do you think he's doing? I mean, because on the, it seemed like he, I, it looks like a midlife crisis from a distance. Because it's like all of a sudden he's got like dreadlocks almost, and he's got it's like he's not shaving. He's, he's a wearing like a, now. Yeah, I mean it really seems off, doesn't it? It is odd. I think a lot, a lot of it is that that young girlfriend or fiance that he's got, Shailene Woodley. You tend to just default to blaming women. I do you? usually blame women Why for the, that? the downfall of athletes. Historically, huh. it's it's. Well, Patrick Mahomes has gotten married, has a kid. Maybe oh, how's that working out? Well, I bet. I mean, he's his heart's full of love. It, <laughs> it's not making you any money, apparently. No. USC Cow, which was mentioned by Mr. Dan Beyer, off the board currently. The latest line was USC favored by two over Cow. Now, what was the opener there? Was there action based upon the COVID is my well, question. Cal played last week with drastic COVID issues against Arizona, the worst team in the Pac-12, and got beat outright. So there was already some speculation coming into this week that it was still an issue. And I, I think that the movement was already kind of baked into to what we were looking at. Or the adjustment. That's A.J. Hoffman. I'll answer the question about Mahomes. I 
have doubts about Mahomes that go far beyond what I thought was even possible starting the year. If you said, what's about it? Unless Mahomes got a serious injury that was going to question his physical ability, I thought Mahomes was the one quarterback you could almost be sure of was going to have a good next five years. Not every game, but he's had, you could make the case, if you stack up his entire career, that like six of the games this year are six of his eight worst games ever. Ever. And, you know, we're talking about two now and a half seasons of full-time play. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I, what I know is you've been, uh, you were at the forefront of saying, hey, the two, the two safeties, they were giving them up front, uh, you know, the short passes, and he just hasn't had the discipline to take them. I think that's part of it. But I think another part of it is that some of his mechanics, that when it's a play that's out, out of script, when it's off, you know, it, it's a kind of a hmm, freelance kind of play. That the lack of mechanics are an advantage, the different platforms, the different angles of the arm. But when he's forced to kind of do a routine throw, he's not quite as sharp as he should be. Mac Jones looks like a robo, like robo quarterback going back there. Now, Mac Jones can't get the ball downfield the way or can't make those off script plays like Mahomes used to. But now Mahomes isn't getting those off-script plays, and he's not willing to even take the checkdown. It'd be one thing if he was throwing a fairly erratic checkdowns. He won't take the checkdown, so he's throwing into the, the teeth of the defense. And, I mean, if you really look at QBR is 16th, PFF grade, 24th. So if you take an average of those two, he's the 20th best quarterback. I thought that would be impossible entering the season. Is he still the guy you take? If I said next three years you've got this quarterback, oh. who's the guy you take? Oh, I can't answer that because you know what? That is like a night's deliberation, and I rarely beg off a question. Tomorrow, I'll answer that. (laughs) Coming up in the next segment, what we have is a new feature. It's called the best bet to beat the line move. I'm giving you an NFL best bet. You should bet now, and AJ's giving you a college one. This is new, and it's actionable. That's coming out to Fink. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at the college basketball season tipping off tonight. Two big games. Okay, and I get to be the announcer on this. All right. You're the analyst, A.J. You ready? I'm ready. You want to change your hat to an analyst hat? Hold on. (laughs) Done. Okay. Here we go. College basketball tips off tonight. Notice my deep voice. I'm being serious about it. Kansas, Michigan State. This is in Madison Square Garden, right? That's right. Michigan State is an underdog. Kansas favored by four and a half. Kansas returning 71% of last year's minutes from a team that lost in the second round of the tournament because of a COVID outbreak. Much better team than what their final result was. 
they lose their most switchable defender in Marcus Garrett, but they added so a ton. So when you say switchable, you Can mean defend that he's one a, through okay, five? Okay. Uh, but they they added a lot through the transfer portal. Remy Martin from Arizona State, who was maybe the most sought after transfer portal guy, and Joseph Yusefu from Drake. They give Kansas what they missed last season: spacing and shooting. Neither particularly great defensively, but it'll be interesting to see how Bill Self works them in. Uh, for Michigan State, they're relying on the top ranked two guard in the country. A lot of questions on how they're going to meld early on. Okay, Michigan State, who does historically very well in the tournament, can often start slow. Yes, and this year they they didn't have last season they didn't have a go to guy. That's what they went out and got this year. But I think I do think it's going to take a few weeks for them to really find their footing. Now, do you have an opinion on this? Uh, I would lean to Kansas here, laying four and a half. Now, this is what we call quick caps. So AJ, quick means fast. So I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you 38 seconds for the second game. Duke favored by three against Kentucky. Kentucky had four guys go to the NBA this offseason from a team that went 9-16. and 16. Calipari knew something had to change, so he hit the transfer portal hard and had some great success. They're going to start zero true freshmen this season, which is the first time I can remember in Cal's tenure. Uh, Duke went the traditional route, landing three five-stars. They're all projected as starters. Of the known commodities, Kentucky has some real matchup advantages here. So I lean that way to Kentucky getting three, but super recruit Paolo Banchero looks like he's going to give some real problems to front courts. Dukes, he was a top five guy. He looks like the real deal. Paolo Banchero. Well, I bet he does well with the ladies. I, I, I mean, guess. just imagine if, if it's like uh, the roommate says, uh, yeah, Paolo Canchero. I, I, I saw your girlfriend hanging out with Paolo. What's going on with <laughs> What? Yeah. Well, the first name's all right, but it's I think it's the combination words. <laughs> Maybe so. All right. That is our quick capping. Again, we're not a college basketball show, but AJ actually is an expert at it. So we'll take advantage of that and be ready. Be ready when it comes time for March Madness, which dominates the month of March. Okay, AJ, this is a new segment. It's the Tuesday beat the line best bet because lines move. You're a college football expert, so you're college football early. Beat the line, best bet. South Carolina plus one at Missouri. I just refuse to give this Missouri any respect until they show something on defense. They were inspired for about a quarter against Georgia, then they rolled over uh, and did absolutely nothing for the rest of the game. South Carolina is coming off the biggest win of their season over Florida, and right now they've got a chance to go to a bowl game. In, in Beamer's first season as head coach, they haven't been since 2018. It would be a huge thing for South Carolina. They're motivated. They have to win this game to get to a bowl. I like South Carolina plus one at Missouri. Okay, now this is going to prove to the audience how authentic this show is. I'm going to pass for a day on my best bet. I had a game I liked. I was going to give it, and I just saw something in the break. I said, I don't like that. So I'm going to give a little lesson on line moves, but tomorrow I'll have an early best bet for you. See, there you go. This is the kind of authenticness we show. I want us to consider this Washington-Tampa Bay game. Now, the look-ahead line, what is the look-ahead line? That's the line that is the week before the game. So what happens in the interim? There's a game played. But guess what? Tampa Bay was on a bye. And you know who else was on a bye? Washington. Right? Yeah. Well, the line in the look-ahead was 7.5, Tampa Bay. The line now is 9.5, Tampa Bay. What's changed? Tom Brady hasn't gotten younger. So it goes to show you that the narratives, it was like, oh, Tampa, they really excelled here because everyone else lost. 
And it's like, yeah, maybe. Maybe Tampa's Super Bowl odds improved, but it didn't help them against Washington. Now, I don't want to give that as a pick because I think the line probably keeps going up. But it's something to note, and tomorrow I'll have my Beat the Line best bet. All right. If you missed any of today's show, including... Well, we, um, I think the best part was when I explained to you how wrong you were about the, the taunting. <laughs> about how walking and looking at someone is taunting. You can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. And we're going to have a discussion about the college football playoffs and quite frankly, the odds to win the title are really affected by where these rankings are. And we'll tell you what the rankings mean to those odds. And two less teams with a chance to, to win the championship after this last week. We are straight out of Vegas. We are right here on Fox Sports Radio. You know, AJ, I give you a B-plus today. I give you an A. I get A's. You get an A minus. I get A's. A minus. Walk and taunt. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas! 